Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And with that, housekeeping aside, we're excited to be joined today by Dr. Jim Tucker, a child psychiatrist and a professor of psychiatry and neurobehavioral science, who is the director of the University of Virginia's Division of Perceptual Studies. The Division of Perceptual Studies, which is housed within the UVA School of Medicine, has been operating for nearly 45 years and is focused on the scientifically rigorous work of evaluating evidence that suggests consciousness survives death and the implications of that. Dr. Tucker joins us today to tell us more about the work of his department, its history, its place in the broader cultural landscape, and to help separate common perception from reality on some phenomena that challenge our understanding of life. So with that, welcome to the program, Dr. Tucker. Thanks for being with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, it's really a a treat for us to have you on, and we greatly appreciate your willingness to join us. And so as a baseline, let's stipulate that you and your colleagues are accomplished academics and clinicians in your respective fields with advanced and often terminal level degrees, such as doctorates. I think it's important to establish that because your shared work explores things that we just mentioned, and these are things that we don't fully understand, things that science may help shed light on, yet are commonly viewed in many cultures as perhaps spiritual or divine or even miraculous. And this includes things like the concept of the, quote, survival of personality after death, which is otherwise known as reincarnation. And so if you would, Dr. Tucker, if you can start by just telling us about the mission and work of the Division of Perceptual Studies, how it's evolved from its origins in 1967, and the standards, the scientific standards apply to the research that you and your colleagues do. Yeah, like you said, it's been going on a long time now. And we have looked at and continue to look at several phenomena that provide evidence, one level or another, the survival of consciousness. So I focus on children who report memories of past lives, and what we work to do is to see if their claims can be verified to match somebody who actually did live and die in the past. We also have done a lot of work with near-death experiences. Bruce Grayson here, who was director before I took over when he sort of semi-retired, he's one of the world's leading experts on near-death experiences. So experiences that people have, for instance, when their hearts stop beating, when they have heart attacks or whatever, and then they are revived, they can often describe some quite extraordinary experiences. We've also been looking at people who claim to have psychic abilities or able to have out-of-body experiences, and we have a neuroimaging lab where we can measure what their brain is doing while they are attempting these various things. All this work has been going on for a long time. We've produced a lot of papers and a number of books. And the point is that it's all... Serious-minded. We are not assuming anything or out to prove anything spiritual. We're just trying to see what is the evidence that there may be this consciousness piece that we have that can continue on after the body dies. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytic services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. 
Find out all Covaris can offer you at covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. Well, I appreciate you sharing that overview. And let me just say that in the name of full disclosure, I should confess that what led us to speaking with Dr. Tucker for this episode today is actually something I saw on Facebook, which as we all know, is not always the most reliable source. But what I saw on Facebook was a post that referenced a scene in the new Ghostbusters movie, which shows a UVA diploma belonging to one of the film's characters who operates in the supernatural and spectral worlds, if you will. And from there, as people often do, I went down an internet rabbit hole. And here we are today speaking with Dr. Tucker. And I reference this because it's my impression that our perceptions about the distinction between the physical and spiritual existence can be influenced by many things, by our upbringing and family traditions, by deeply held religious beliefs, by pop culture touchstones, and more. I know, Dr. Tucker, that you were raised in the Christian church, as I was. And so I'm curious, as you approach work that explores the relationship between brain and mind, and as you said, the survival of consciousness after death, and the nature of consciousness, and ultimately existential questions about human existence. What approaches have you found effective in communicating with people who may come at this subject from different perspectives or backgrounds or beliefs in a way that may make them skeptical, but perhaps you, through a scientific approach, can welcome them into this enhanced understanding or this area of exploration that you and your colleagues work in? Well, let me say, first of all, we don't regard ourselves as ghostbusters, but I'm intrigued to hear that the new movie includes a UVA diploma. I'll have to check that out. As far as how we convey it, you know, we put the information out there and then we let people decide for themselves. And we've published many papers and journals. But as far as the general public goes, I've written a couple of books about the past life memories. Bruce Grayson has a new book that came out this year on near-death experiences written for the general public. And both of them include a lot of just reporting the cases in a level-headed sort of way. And then again, people can draw their own There's also recently, in January, we participated in a series on Netflix called Surviving Death, and Bruce's episode on near-death experiences is is the first one, and then mine on the past life memories is in the last one. And with both of them, they show several cases, and they get our takes on things, and I think seeing those as they happened may be a way of opening people's eyes a little bit and seeing that there does seem to be something to this work, that there is something beyond just we die and that's the end of things more complicated than that. You talked a little bit about your work and the work of your colleagues. Let's delve a little bit more into your work specifically. You earned your medical degree from UNC Chapel Hill and completed uh, psychiatry training at UVA before beginning a successful private practice in psychiatry. And then later you joined the Division of Perceptual Studies, where your research, as you mentioned, focuses on children who report memories of previous lives and prenatal and birth memories. I wonder if you can tell us about the professional journey for you that brought you to this work and your area of specialized research? Yeah, so I completed my residency here in psychiatry and also a fellowship in child psychiatry and then went to private practice. But then I did become intrigued by this question of survival after death. And I knew from before that Ian Stevenson had been the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry a long time ago, had stepped down to form this research division, like he said, in 1967. And his primary area of focus was on these children talking about past lives. So I contacted the division, 
just to see if they needed any help with the work, sort of a volunteer basis, and kind of one thing led to another. Now I've been here on faculty for 21 years. But it involves these young children from various parts of the world, including more and more that we're hearing here, who will claim that they remember a past life. And if they give enough details, particularly the names of either people or places, then people can investigate and at times have found shocking correspondence to the life of somebody, a complete stranger to the child, but somebody who did live and die in the past. So we've been documenting these cases for decades now. We studied 2,500 of them. And if you put the strongest cases together, it's a phenomenon that I find very hard to dismiss. And we mentioned popular culture a few moments ago, and you cited some of the work that you and your colleagues have been engaged in, whether it's through authoring books, being published in scientific journals, mainstream media engagements, and more. Dr. Tucker, you're featured in the documentary called Extraordinary People, The Boy Who Lived Before, which followed your investigation into a young boy in Glasgow who reported memories Mm -hmm. of a past life. Your colleague, Dr. Bruce Grayson, as you mentioned, and you are featured in the Netflix series Surviving Death that explores the science behind what it means to die. And you just alluded to this a moment ago, that the sort of accumulation of evidence can be persuasive or compelling. And so I wonder, just for you personally, and I imagine you get this question a lot, but how would you say your views have evolved on these so-called supernatural events and their existence, which, you know, sort of the nice way of saying, you know, do you believe in ghosts? But, you know, the, the, the more polite and nuanced way of saying it is, you know, how has your perception, if at all, changed as you've done this work over a lifetime? Yeah, well, I would say, first of all, that a lot of people use the term supernatural, but it's not one that we use because it is natural. It's just not understood. And I would say that you know, having been in this field now for 20 years, I have become more personally convinced that there is more than just the physical world, that there is this consciousness piece, which is part of the physical world, but also separate from it. And I do believe that there is good evidence that this consciousness piece can continue on after the physical body and the physical brain die. And again, people should make their own assessments about it. They can easily read our stuff or they can find various things online. And I would encourage people not to dismiss it out of hand, but to give a serious view and then see what they think. And so we mentioned a couple of the places where people can see your work. We, we mentioned some of the documentaries, whether it's the Division of Perceptual Studies website or elsewhere. Are there online resources for people who are listening and want to find more about yeah. this and, and explore this seriously? Where would you point them or direct them? Well, certainly our website's a good place to start because we've got links to various things. And our address is www.uvadops.dops, which is Division of Perceptual Studies, uvadops.org. And they, like I say, can find links to various articles as well as interviews and TV things. So it's a good place to start. Okay. Well, certainly we'd encourage anybody who wants to explore this subject more to visit that website to do some digging around. And before we let you go, Dr. Tucker, now that we've covered the more formal stuff, I do have a pair of more lighthearted questions to give our listeners a bit of a sense of who you are mm-hmm. beyond the work that you do. The first, okay. and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on Earth, what someone in your line of work might call precognition, what would your last meal be? <laughs> wow. Well, I should probably say something more politically correct, but a a good juicy steak would be a a good way to go out. And how would that steak be prepared? 
medium rare. Okay. A little pink in the middle. That's a, a good way to have a steak. <laughs> and then the final question, sir, to close us out. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three <laughs> entertainment survival kit picks? The album would be Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. The movie would be Casablanca. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid. And the book, I think I would have to go with Parting the Waters, which is a book about Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. Three good choices. Well, we appreciate you making a few minutes with us today, Dr. Tucker. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Jim Tucker, the director of the UVA Division of Perceptual Studies, for being with us today. So thank you, sir. Thank you for having me.